You're tuned in to a special edition of the Comics Pals. We are here to review the Dark Phoenix movie, not X-Men Dark Phoenix. Wait, Dark Phoenix? I thought this was Logan. I wish it was Logan. I mean, no, I don't. Jean Grey's not in that movie. Oh, there it is. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Everybody knows that I am the biggest Jean Grey fan on Earth, and that for me... This is as big as Endgame, right? This is the end. This is the end of the X-Men movies under Fox. And so the big question is, is it good? And, do they uh, stick the landing? Do they stick the landing? Uh, or was the plane already basically in the ground, you know, nose first with flames all up in the plane? With half the population on the plane already roasted. Sean, the uh, the population was mostly on the train. Oh, that's true. They were supposed to be in space, but that got changed in, in uh, reshoots. Uh, anyway, it's only Marco and I for this go-round. Hopefully, that's okay for you guys. I mean, are you honestly going to miss the loud one? Or the grumpy one? The grumpy one? Or the obnoxious one? No, no, no. <laughs> No, of course not. Uh, <laughs> that said, that said, I will channel some of Phil into this. Oh, his memetry. Oh, all right. Listen, tread lightly, my friend. I was very generous with you over on the Swamp Thing review on the main show. So, uh, quid pro quo, as they say. Uh, so this one we're gonna do. A little bit differently uh, than we normally do. We, of course, will give you guys a spoiler-free section if you want it. Um, so you can, you know, you can stick around if you haven't seen the movie. But because I already know the tomato meter, as I genu- generally always do, and there's only one other person, we can't play the game we normally play, unfortunately. I was going to say I accidentally saw it, so. Yeah, it's, it's fine. Uh, so we'll just come out and say it. The tomato meter score for Dark Phoenix is 22, which is yep. really bad. But the audience score is a 65. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. All right. So a lot better. Um, now, I want to I wanna say that no matter what we're going to talk about in this upcoming review, I think that 22% is extremely low. Yes. For for context, um, X-Men Last Stand is at a 57 uh, tomato meter and 61 audience score. So a little bit better from the audience perspective so far. That seems outrageous to me, by the way. That is ridiculous that The Last Stand has a higher score than Dark Phoenix. But... I guess I guess we'll you know we'll get into that a little more. But now you have me curious, so I want to know what X Men Apocalypse has on uh, on Rotten Tomatoes. Because if that movie has a better score, then I'm done. I'm done. It has forty seven seven forty seven percent and the That's same crazy. audience score. There's no way that X-Men Apocalypse is twice as good as Dark Phoenix. That's unbelievable. 
Anyway, let's dive into the review. Spoiler free at first. So if you haven't seen it, stick around. What did you think, Marco? So obviously we've we've reported a lot on on the on the movie itself and sort of like the the initial reception. So coming into it and knowing sort of the beats, um, I was just gonna take it for what it was. Uh, and I think going in for me, it was a bit stilted, not a bit. It was kind of stilted. I didn't feel a lot of the emotional beats i think and that sort of impacted the that sort of impacted the end of the the movie as well uh i will say from like special effects those were cool um some of the 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 fight sequences i i had a fun time with them so i think the the action made up for a little bit of what was otherwise you know emotionally underwhelming but and we'll get into it. I did have my problems with the with the action itself, um, specifically some of the settings. And <laughs> uh, I mean, otherwise, like I, I'm I'm glad I got a coupon to see this movie. <laughs> oh boy! That. All right, pay seven bucks, yo, in the city. That is cheap. I for wish two. I could pay that kind of price for two. For two. Dude, how do I get a coupon? Dude, go to Sinopolis. Literally, shout out to Sinopolis because they're dope. Beautiful. I need them in my life. Um, okay, so is that where you want to leave it for now? Yeah, I, I, I think I'd, um, I have I have more points like when we get into like the yeah. the, the spoiler stuff. All right. Uh, look, guys, I got to come on here and tell the truth. That's the only thing I can do. Sean's going to uh I'm going to get on my soapbox. Uh, no. <laughs> I like this movie a lot. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I liked it a lot. It is not nearly the train wreck. Wink, wink. <laughs> that I thought it was going to be. Not by a long shot. Do I think it's a great movie no i don't i think it has a lot of problems and i think that if you don't have a familiarity with these characters this movie Mm -hmm. is almost impenetrable Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. probably more so than endgame because at least endgame and infinity like infinity war because like in endgame it's unfair because that's part two but infinity war really sets the stage well Without you needing to have much knowledge. And even if you don't know the characters. Their personalities are so present. Because they're fun. And they're making jokes and stuff. In the midst of the crazy. That you can fall into them. You can't really fall into these characters. In Dark Phoenix. It's a dark movie. It's very intense. It expects you to have a knowledge. Of pretty much all the players. And it doesn't give you much even with the characters that are brand new to the movie. So it's it's really impenetrable on, on that level. But I think that the acting is pretty good. Um, I, I thought that um, Michael Fassbender and James McAvoy, again, brought their A games to this film. I think Sophie Turner did a really good job. Uh, I, just Just in general, I think the acting was great. 
and I thought that the action was awesome. Yeah, there were a few cool. a few moments throughout the movie, action wise, where I was like on the edge of my seat, worried about these characters, knowing it's the last movie, and knowing that anything could happen because of that, or at least I felt that way in the theater. So, all in all, I had a blast. I gotta say. <laughs> Emotionally, I was there with this movie like I was there for Endgame. Really? Yeah. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Jean Grey means a lot to me, man. I can tell. And the X-Men are definitely the cast of characters that I'm most attached to in general. So I care on like on the surface, I care a lot more about what happens to them than I care about any other group of characters. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Totally. So I'll leave it there and then we can jump into spoilers. But before we do that, do you have a rating you want to give this percentage-wise? Um, I'd give it like a 35. I think I, I mentioned before like the the action sort of made up for what was otherwise like a, to me a, a lackluster presented story. Um, But uh. Yeah, like I, I, I'm not gonna like recommend. I guess I, I will leave it at 35, just because I, it, I wouldn't have otherwise gone to go see the movie. Uh, otherwise, if it wasn't for to to close out the series, you know, um, and culminating in this larger, this larger storyline. But otherwise, mm, didn't do it for me. Okay, so just for context. How many of the movie, the X Men movies that are X Men and not standalone movies, have you seen prior to this? I've seen all of them except for uh, Apocalypse, and Apocalypse I only saw like about half of it. Okay, okay, cool. So I, I, <laughs> I'm sure I'll get some hate for this, but I'm giving this movie an eighty, and that is insanely biased. But it is what it is. If, if we're just talking about my personal feelings, my personal enjoyment, I'm giving it an, an 80. What did you want to see it with Rebecca? Yeah. What'd she give it? What would she give it? Uh, she wouldn't know what to give it, but I think she she said it was all right. Okay. Like she was cool with it. There were points that she was into it, but she didn't. She wasn't over the moon or anything. And all she's right. certainly not attached the way that I am. Got it. Okay. Um, yeah. So the movie does a lot of things wrong, but it does a lot of things right too, and it gripped me, and that's what matters. So I'm giving it an eighty, and I'm calling it a day. All um, right. All but- right. You'll get roasted <laughs> for it. It's fine. I'm down. So that's it for the spoiler-free section. Strap in if you're cool with spoilers, or if you've already seen it, because now we're just gonna break everything down. So here we go. Now, I, I I half expect Sean to just be like, "Dude, wasn't it so fucking cool when like?" How was it, dude? If I if we were just talking casually, that's probably what I would do, um, because there were a lot of moments like that. Like I really really loved the visuals in this yes. movie, and there was yeah. some cool stuff to happen. We saw the X Men kill. Yeah, they killed. 
They were murdering those aliens. Yeah. Oh my god, I didn't even like piece that together. Think that's the first time we've seen an X Man other than Wolverine kill someone in a movie. I think I'm not positive. Wow. So uh that was crazy. (laughs) Um they continued their streak of ending their films on trains, but but this is another streak that I neglected to mention on the show last week. They have another streak of having forests in their movies. There's constantly a forest, yeah. Uh, and in this movie, they combined <laughs> train and forest because the 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 final battle sequence takes place on uh, in a derailed train site with a forest surrounding it. Oh yeah, you're right. Yep they they love it. But uh, anyway, in all seriousness, if you remember at the end of X-Men Apocalypse, we see that, well, you didn't see it, so I guess I'm just talking to the audience at this point. But at the end of X-Men Apocalypse, Jean Grey unleashes like a, a previously unseen level of power against Apocalypse, and that's what beats him. You're supposed to think that's the Phoenix Force that she's, that she's accessing. That she somehow has it, and she uses that to blast Apocalypse into oblivion. This movie basically tells us, no, that's not what that was. That was whatever. Uh, Because they go into space, and they encounter the Phoenix Force in space on this mission to save some, some, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Thank you. Astronauts from impending doom. And this movie introduces a concept that's not new to the books at all. But definitely knew the movies, which is that Professor X is a dick. And that Professor X does things for his own personal gain. And that the children are kind of like his personal child soldier army. Yep, yep. I I appreciated that. Like that that immediately. I was like, wow. They're like leaning into his like just being an asshole. Yeah. Because that's how that that's like how I know him from the comics. It's just he's kind of an asshole. Right. And I actually think that they did a great job. I'm I'm willing to go out on a limb and say they did a great job showing us that. I agree. No, I that was going to be one of my points. Like is like I I definitely agree that I enjoyed him being portrayed that way. And I think they really showed that if I had to say something negative about it and it doesn't have anything to do with this movie is that I wish that they had shown us that more prior to this because if you only go off of this movie, it's fine. But if you go off the other movies, I feel like it's kind of uh, jarring to see him that way. Yes. He's but, more loving and caring. Yeah. But, again, love that part of it. I think they did a great job showing that. And I like the fact that the that the kids had someone to sort of speak for them, someone to, an adult to realize it. Mystique was great for that role. Uh, as like the elder statesman of the X-Men at this point to be the one to go, wait, this is wrong. Like you can't do this. Gene could have died. That easily could have gone wrong. And he just doesn't realize it. Yeah. Or he doesn't care to. Right. Exactly. Um, I think that that version of Professor X, I've always been, I I hate to use this phrase because it's, I don't know. I've always been uncomfortable with that version of Professor X. And I think you're supposed to be. But it's 
it makes him complicated. And that's the kind of character that I wish we had seen more from the Fox world in general is these heroes and villains being presented as more than just heroes or villains. Yep. Shades yep. of gray. I, I like the way that it, and again, because that's like the X-Men, that's the professor X that I know. It's always been an interesting juxtaposition against um, Magneto. Cause he is portrayed like on the outside as like this harder figure, but he's more, he's very fatherly, right? Yeah. A lot of the time, but Professor X who's supposed to be on the quote unquote like good end of the mutant spectrum is an asshole. And you yep. can be a good you can be a good person and do bad things or like vice versa, right? So like, I I've always liked that dynamic and I think this that when um and this is kind of jumping around, but like yeah. when um when what's his face? Um when Beast and when Gene end up going to Magneto for for answers is because they know he's even though he's on the again, quote-unquote, wrong end of the human-mutant debate, he's still a generally good person that you can sort of rely and bounce off of. Well, at least in the case of Beast, he's actually yes. experienced him that way because yes. in, in, like, first class, like, Beast was one of... The, Beast was in the first class. So he has a history with uh, Magneto that would lead him to believe what you just said. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, Phoenix or Jean, I guess, probably doesn't, but she at least has heard enough that she might think that way. And also, she knows that he's also a violent man. So she's going to him for both parts of himself. Tell me how to stop. <laughs> um, and then, you know, like, like, like I said, things go badly. Jean survives, whatever. Um, and she's just like way into how she feels now. She feels great. And I think this is one of the weaker parts of the movie. Mm. Is, yes. So in in the last stand, Jean show we see Jean kind of being all about her joy, all about her physicality, all about, you know, what's gonna be fulfilling for her in the exact moment that she's in. That's how she's presented in the first, in in the last stand when when she encounters the Phoenix Force. Um, well, she doesn't encounter the Phoenix Force because that movie sucks. But like when when the Phoenix becomes a part of her, uh, that's how they show her. And I think they did a solid job of that by showing her basically willing to cheat on Scott with Wolverine, by showing her actually killing Scott, all that kind of stuff. They really gave us a feeling of like, whoa. This is not Gene. This movie, I think, really is restraint when it comes to showing that. Because she makes out with Scott, but that's not weird because they're in a relationship. So that's not, like, I don't take that as being strange. And then um, in the forest or in the woods where they're, like, having that party and Dazzler is, like, singing and she, she freaks out, she just had a traumatic experience. And she's right, obviously right. really powerful. She didn't mean to do that. It wasn't her fault, and no one really got hurt. So I didn't take that any kind of way. It was it was underwhelming. Yeah. It it because they definitely to your point with uh, Last Stand. Like that's how she's portrayed in the comics too. She's just like a a vehicle for like passion and, yes. and feeling, right? But like here, she's not leading into it. She's just kind of like struggling with 
the quote unquote strength aspect of it, right? Where she's just right. like, oh, it's too much for me. It's overwhelming, but it's not supposed to be. It's supposed to be like, oh shit, like everything, especially when she says everything just feels like it's amp- what was it, amped up. Yeah. Right. Everything's just like turned up. Like then why aren't you like engaging with it? Why aren't you embracing it? Yeah. Like, it's, right. That's, and, and you make such a great point that I, that I don't want to lose sight of the Phoenix force for Gene is not a struggle. The whole point yes. of why the Phoenix Force seeks her out is because she can control it. Mm-hmm. It's because she can, she's the only person to that point that has been able to harness it. And so making it about how she's overwhelmed and all, like, no, 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 no. I'm not buying that. I'm not buying that. And this presents another issue that I have with the way this story is always presented. So in the comics, there are several books where we see Jean Grey as the Phoenix, as a hero. And it's actually a long buildup to her becoming the Dark Phoenix. It's not immediate. Mm -hmm. And like what we read for the book club is not all that there is of that story. There's some preamble. She's a hero first. And everyone is impressed with her power so that when they see her acting weird, they don't question it that much because she's been such a such an amazing addition to the team with this newfound power. And so when the Hellfire Club is introduced and Jason Wingard is influencing her mind, it's that plus the Phoenix Force that overwhelms Jean's ability to control the power she has. It's not that she's not in control. It's that there's other forces. That are impacting, impacting that and like her perception of what it is that she can, what she can do. Right. And by the way, not her inability to control the power, her inability to prevent the Phoenix force from taking her over. Yes. To me, those are different based on the way the the film presented it. So that takes me into the conversation about the aliens in the movie. Oh, man. But before you do that, I did just want to comment that I think for me, the pacing of the start through to getting the Phoenix Force through to having her her like issues with with it happened in the span of like half an hour. It was so quick. It was just so like, it was a barrage. I'm like, whoa, easy. Like, pace this out. Tell the story. And they're just, it, it it all just happened too fast for, which is why I like, when I mentioned like in the, the spoiler free, like the emotions there, like the emotional beats didn't land because you don't get to see the progression, nor do you spend time to what you, to what you were just saying, like actually seeing her deal with the Phoenix Force, not as a, as an overwhelming power, but as like a thing that you can like leverage and use. Right. Absolutely. This, and, and again, man, man, you're making great points. Jean Grey's not a victim. Yes, she's not. She's she not. She owns this shit. Yeah, she's not a victim. She's, you. she uses the power to do good until it takes her over because it is like a symbiote in a lot of ways. It's a possession. And, 
it, it possesses her body, and at first she can do whatever she wants, but the longer she has it, the more and more it, it, it takes her over. But the movie only gives us the part of her that's victimized by this power. And that's not right to me. She's victimized by the power. She's victimized by Professor X. She's victimized by the alien girl, Jessica Chastain. Where is her Where is her agency? Where is her ability to choose? And how much of what happens in the movie is Jean? When she goes to see Magneto, is that her choice? Right. When she or- when she go ahead go ahead. Uh, no, no, I was just gonna say, like, like it, it, is that her choice, or is it just like her being afraid? Is it like, you don't get that? You don't get clear motive, right? Yeah, absolutely. And that that bothers me a lot because I don't like the impression that she's just victimized by everything because she's not. Yep. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I was gonna bring up the aliens. So the aliens are an obvious stand-in for the scrolls. <laughs> right? They're definitely scrolls. Are they? Except they're not. <laughs> because they have scroll powers, but they also appear to have other weird powers. Yeah, they uh, it was they have like super strength shit. It's super right. fast running, I don't know. Yeah, like just just generic powers. Aliens. Yeah, except that Jessica Chastain's character called Vuk, that's what she was called, Vuk Vuk. Uh, she somehow could take the Phoenix Force from Jean's body. I don't know why she was able to do that, but she could. Yes. Um, yeah. Now, fun fact, this group of aliens, I believe they're called the Dabari. Yeah. That's actually the same alien race that the Phoenix uh, sucks the energy of their son in the oh. comic, and they end up dying. Oh, snap. That's the planet. Yeah. The, these are those people. And Interesting. The, she explains that the Phoenix Force, which they never call it the Phoenix Force, by the way, in the movie. I'll, I'll address that more later. But um, Jessica's character explains that the Phoenix Force destroyed their planet. And that they were not on the world. And that it was destroyed. And they have been looking for a home ever since. That is the reverse order of sort of what happens in the book. Because in the book, the Phoenix Force takes over Gene and Gene goes and does that. In the movie, the Phoenix Force does it and then goes and seeks out Gene. So, a little different. Um, but I just thought that was interesting. That that's that same group of aliens. But, that makes sense, though. Yeah. But they have a different power set. Mm-hmm. And the Vuk, Vuk character is gender swapped. Because in the comics, in the comics, that character is a, a male. Uh, oh, okay, alien. okay. Yeah. I felt like Jessica's character was supposed to be Varenki, the Scroll Queen. That's how I watched the movie. Ah, uh, okay, that makes sense. Yes, I. It, it was such a like a weird moment. Um, because <laughs> Marina turns to me and she's like, "There's aliens in this thing." <laughs> <laughs> i'm like just you wait yeah um because you forget right because it, it that, that didn't happen in like the last stand right so you forget that they're trying to tell this quote like like this more authentic story but 
if you don't have the scrolls and you don't have the context for like why they would like why the scrolls would want to be out and about following this shit and and you miss all like the space opera of it yeah it it falls it falls flat and and that's what the aliens felt to me they felt generic they fell flat with motivation like sure the planet got destroyed and you're trying to tame this power okay like who the fuck are you guys like why 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 would you tame this power and not just find some place to live like it it was very it felt sort of thrown in to to make it more authentic but it didn't it fell flat for me yeah and i i definitely understand why you would feel that way they tried to do a lot in this movie and they tried to fit in a lot of different ideas a lot of different characters and there just wasn't enough room if you take the aliens right and you instead make them let's say uh the hellfire club right yeah yeah because the aliens, there's like, there's a lot of them, but you really only cared about Jessica's character and maybe the black dude. Those were the only ones that really had speaking roles and stuff. But if you make them the Hellfire Club, you can accomplish the same things because Jessica Chastain's character is the same character as Jason Wingard, Wingard. Yep. in terms of the the function he performs. Mm-hmm. And then you can th- you can add in. Uh, you know other members of the group and you can do whatever you want to do um but it gives the villains a personality yes yeah exactly if you make the aliens the shiar it performs the same function because in the comic book the shiar wanted to tame the phoenix force because it was out of control so them chasing it down makes perfect sense because it gets you to the same place they wanted of, of another villain, like not Jean Grey to be the villain in the movie. The Shi'ar and the Hellfire Club are both antagonists in the exact same story they pulled from, from the movie. So I don't see mm-hmm. why you couldn't use either one. And it, it, it goes back to that thing you always say where it's like they're shy of the, they're ashamed of the source material. They don't want to associate themselves with that. And it makes perfect sense. To fit them in, it get, adds better context, and uh, at the same time, who cares if Jean's the villain, right? If if you have the context of hey, she's a hero, the Phoenix Force is has given her this power, but she's being manipulated. They still become the villain. She's just the person who has to deal with the uh, the onslaught of, uh, or she's the person who then has to be the person that pat like. Uh, delivers the onslaught of right. power. Yeah. She's not the recipient. Exactly. Yeah. Um she's just the vessel for the Phoenix yes. Force. Right. Who gets manipulated. Yeah. And and uh you know, you brought up what I what I'm always saying about them being ashamed. That's what I was going to talk about a little later. They don't call it the Phoenix Force ever. Not one <laughs> time. In fact, the energy source. Yeah, the energy source. The only time they say the name Phoenix in the entire movie is when uh, oh, the kid, what, the yeah. little kid, he is like, she came back like a phoenix. Right like, there, it is. And oh, I, I guess there's two. There's two moments because uh, Scott tells her that the kids are calling her the Phoenix. Oh, right, right, right. So, but that's dumb. Like. 
no. She it's the Phoenix Force. Call it what it is. Why does Fox specifically always do that? I don't want to hear, oh, do you hear what they're calling you or anything goofy? Like we're past that, I feel like. We really are. And you can go all the way, you know? Um It's just weird. They didn't name any of Magneto's crew at all. They ha- they yeah. never said their code names. You either know who they were or you don't. And I don't, to be honest. I, I didn't know who the hair guy was. He had cool powers, but I didn't know who the hair guy was. Yeah, why can't he have a name? They have code names. That's how Magneto prefers to operate. We've yep. seen that. That's what he does. So The psychic girl did have a name. What was it? I don't remember. <laughs> I, I just wanted to say they, they probably said it once and i and i missed it because there were idiots talking next to me and, and that was all that was the only opportunity <laughs> i had to know it but um uh moving along i really liked this is another i want to get back to some stuff we liked yeah, i really yeah. liked that mutants in 1992 were being treated a little better yes i that was so cool i wish they had leaned so much more into that because that's something that builds the world and also adds context for the tragedy of Jean Grey. Yeah, and they they you you said it earlier the pacing issues they kind of didn't spend much time with that and they breezed by it a little bit. But it was so cool to see that and where they end up with mutants being hated again. I'm perfectly fine with that because that's always going to have to happen, right? Um, but that's a whole movie. <laughs> like, that is a whole movie. In and of itself. Yeah. This this whole one movie definitely could have been two movies. And yep. you probably could have made it three movies. Because, first of all, we know for a fact that this was supposed to be two parts. That's a fact. The first time we reported on this movie, way back when, it was two movies. Was and it they, really? Yes. Absolutely 100%. This what? was two movies. It was originally planned as two movies. That's even more frustrating now because you could have had the preamble, have them as heroes. You have that context in the 90s and then the fall. Yep. 100%. And so you could easily look. There's a lot of compelling stuff here. The, there's the bones of greatness, I feel like, here. Because I've always wanted to see that story progress of like mutants are hated well what happens you know like what does that lead to you know or mutants are loved what does that lead to those are compelling and yeah they've done like they had the mutants are hated in in the last stand and they did that in days of future past but those tellings didn't work for me the way that the sh- the inkling of it did in this movie. Because they built on the back of the goodwill that the X-Men have built up for all the stuff that they've done in the movies we saw before. Yep. yep. So, and it, it, it was cool to see them. Um, and actually, it, it was funny because uh, it, it, for some reason it reminded me of... Um, and this is getting super political for no reason, but Go like it, it reminded me of like the immigration, like the immigration stuff that, we, that we're all talking about right now, like yeah. the change in perception, because that's what the X-Men are sort of analogous to, right? Like minorities and, and stuff like that. And so like to see them come down off the spaceship and like there are people cheering for them and like they have, it's like this warmness and it's just like, wow, 
that would be nice. But, yeah. you know, I guess we're going to, oh, it ends and everybody hates him. Hmm. All right. Yeah. Um, the potential was there. I agree. Absolutely. Absolutely. It was there. And I think I don't look, I don't know. The, I, I don't know the politics behind why we didn't get the, the two parter or, you know, when that change was decided upon. But I'm pretty sure that it, it, it has something to do with the uh, with the purchase, the Disney, yes, yeah. you know, the Fox merger. Um, but in any event, uh, take, taking it away from that. I hated the fact that the Mystique death was shown in trailers. Yeah. Because that took away the punch for mm-hmm. me in a lot of yep. ways. It was a good scene, I thought. I liked it. But it took away the punch. Especially when um, when Beast was like crying over her. Yeah. You know, it did. you didn't get the emotion. And, and I, I think, yeah, exactly. If we hadn't seen that and that was like the surprise... That would have had so much weight to it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it and your mileage may vary. Like when she when I saw her die, I was like, okay, well, I already knew that. People in the right. audience were shocked. They were, I don't know really? what I don't I guess they don't watch TV. Um <laughs> but they were they were blown away. But when the characters started reacting to her death, it very much played on the history that we've had with this set mm-hmm. of characters since first class. And that's when it started to really hit me when I saw how they felt. And when Magneto kept asking Jean, whose blood is that? And she wouldn't answer him. And then he finally got his answer from Hank Beast. I was, oh my God. That was good. That I loved. That was very good. It had moments, man. It had little moments. Yeah. And, and, And again, those moments probably mean a lot more to me than they do to you simply because of how big a fan I am of these characters. Yeah. They mean a lot to me. 100%. But, but you know, to your point, when Jean and Mystique were having a moment right before Jean killed her, I was like, okay, no. Because they don't <laughs> have a relationship on screen. They never established that. And they spent the first, like, 30 minutes of the movie trying to hyperspeed a relationship between them where Mystique or when Jean's like, oh, I trust you. If anything goes wrong, you'll you'll take care of us. And Mystique's like, yeah, I'll pull you guys out. It felt like they were trying to build a camaraderie between them that's never been there before on screen. Mm. It wasn't organic. Not at all. And again, if you had two movies, maybe you make that work. But not with not with the time that they had. Um, uh, hold on, I have some. Uh, okay. you, you keep going, but like I have stuff in the back. Okay, cool. So then Jean kind of goes off on her own. That's when she meets Vuk, uh, Jessica Chastain's character. I enjoyed all of their conversations. I really liked that stuff. That's when the movie, I feel like, picked up and got kind of crazy. Uh, it it so like because that char- those characters came out of nowhere, um, and like if you weren't sort of expecting them and didn't know the story, it was just like what the fuck, <laughs> like what like what's going on, right? Like, right. and um, I man, it was just it was frustrating because like especially when and and you made this point earlier, you could have just swapped them in for the Hellfire Club, and then literally when we got to the fight scene in New York and they're in a mansion in New York, I'm like, 
come on, come on. Like, what are you doing? You know, it, it, it was so easy. It was yeah. so easy. You had the setting. You had the players. Just change the name. Yeah, absolutely. Jessica Chastain could, could easily play Emma Frost, by the way. Yes, exactly. That's what I was thinking. As they were walking up the stairs, that's exactly what I was thinking. I'm like, this bitch should have been uh, Emma Frost. Yeah, 100%. I don't want to derail us too much, but I do want to throw out a, a quick fact. Uh, she and Simon Kinberg both talked about the fact that her character and all the aliens were very different when this movie was first shot. Really? Yep. They changed a lot of things about this movie because of Captain America Civil War and uh, Captain Marvel. Civil War? Yes, because you can pick up on it. The X-Men disagree about what to do regarding Gene, which is very, very, very similar to uh, Civil War. They, they disagree about what to do regarding Bucky. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I guess they were afraid that people would think that they were aping it too much since that movie got out first. And then as it relates to Captain Marvel, um, they didn't explain it, but I extrapolated from the commentary that and probably somewhat why they took it away from space, um, but that uh, the scrolls were originally going to be much more uh, sympathetic. Not the scrolls, but the the aliens, the, aliens. the Dabari. They were going to be more sympathetic, hmm. and they were going to have more personality. They were going to be less, for lack of a better term, alien, less cold. Yeah. And I wouldn't be shocked if Gene was actually going to try to help them find a home. Or, uh. or create a home for them. Because Jessica's character tells her that the Phoenix Force has the power to create life. So my right. theory is that she would take them away and go create a planet for them. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Man. That would have been cool. Yeah, because we only, saw, we only saw the Phoenix as a death bringer. We never saw the life-giving powers of the Phoenix. Yeah. But, All uh... Right. Yeah. Too little, too late. Too little, too late indeed. So uh, we get that really cool fight sequence that you mentioned in the mansion. I liked it a lot. Like all this, like as soon as Magneto and uh, uh, Professor X were on the screen together, I was losing it. Yeah. Yeah. That's I, where I live. I uh, I like that. Uh, he was straight up. He's just like, oh, all right. Yeah, you're Xavier. You're here. You're going to say something and then you're going to give a speech. And he's like, we need to do this. Like, there it is. I was like, hell yeah. I love that. I, I love that awareness. That was really funny. My biggest thing was Beast had to jump over like 80 cars to cross the Fifth Ave. <laughs> Yo, have you ever been to Fifth Ave? Yeah, dude. It's only like three lanes. <laughs> what are you doing? I was like the entire time. I was, that honestly was like took me out for a second. I was just like, just walk. Just walk across. <laughs> just walk. And then. And then when uh when when Kurt when Kurt was trying to like teleport to uh to Professor X to bounce him in, he kept trying to bamf that to was him. Dumb. Yeah. When he could have literally taken two steps. Two steps, grabbed his hand and bamfed. Yeah, they kinda they kinda played games with his powers because even in the in the earlier sequence when he's trying to save Gene and save the captain. Oh yeah. He could have couldn't that was really dumb. Like 
never have I seen Nightcrawler's powers not be instantaneous. Yep, yep. Or like but, he has to like bounce from one place to get a little bit closer. Like I've seen that, but it's only for like long distances. Right. And it's been addressed. He jumped from that spaceship to the other ship, but he couldn't do like 15 feet. Yeah, that was incredibly stupid. Um, and as a sidebar, the other thing I really disliked was that they took Quicksilver off the off the board for whatever reason. Yeah, um, I, guess, I guess it makes sense. Like for what was happening later, he could have just like swooped in and stuff. You know, it would have been too easy, maybe. Maybe, but he's kind of a, an awesome character, and yeah, they yeah, just yeah. they just left him out of the equation. Uh, but back to that that fight. I, I hated that there were so few X-Men, or mutants in general. Mm, yeah, if, yeah. It didn't feel big enough for me, but the the characters that they did have got a lot of a lot of attention. And something that I liked was how focused the X-Men characters were on helping each other. Yes. It was really cool. Like you th- there was like like teamwork. It was really, really cool. Like you could tell that they have been working together at that capacity right. for years. It, 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 it was really cool. There were several moments throughout the movie where someone said, I need help or help this person or help X get to X, that kind, yep. of, that kind of thing. I love seeing the X-Men work like that, and they never show that in the movies. So mm-hmm. uh, that was an awesome moment. Man, um, Storm is my favorite. Yeah? So good. So, so, so good. Like, uh, like they they mostly did her like that's not true they did her like her snow her wind and like the electricity stuff but man it was so so cool like when she's fighting the dude with the hair yeah who like he was cool like I wish I wish I would have seen like more of him and like um and then later later on when she's like on the uh on the train like protecting it up from a, from above that was awesome sequences but like the 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 fight scene on the uh on the street i kind of find uh uh, after eric pulls up the the train and kind of like disrupts everything that was crazy yeah that was cool Uh, it was so funny because i'm like wait is that the train they're gonna be on (laughs) i swear to you i was like is that the train it's a subway car yeah they fit two trains in the same movie (laughs) yeah um but it was a fun that was fun that I enjoyed. I I had fun with that one. Yeah. Uh oh, and then my other favorite part of that sequence was when uh Cyclops tells Magneto, "If you hurt Gene, I'll fucking kill you." Dude, <sighs> I lost it. <laughs> it was so funny. They got they got one F bomb and they dropped it. Yep. I I loved it. That was so and it was appropriate. I could definitely see a teenager whose girlfriend is at risk you know saying yeah, something yeah. like that magneto not caring at all right um, he's, he's, like, he's, trying, he's trying to be big and he's just like i'll fucking kill you <laughs> and yeah then he's like he imagine he's like word all right cool <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah man and then professor x walking up the stairs being forced to walk up the stairs by gene that was kind of fucked up yeah i like it <laughs> Um, but again, it, it does ask the it, it begs the question: Is that Gene or is that the Phoenix Force? And that was actually something that we talked about on the Dark Phoenix Saga book club, where it wasn't clear who was in control and whether or not that was even intentional. That the question was present. I think, with the benefit of hindsight, the film creators had the opportunity to clear that up, and they chose not to. 
And that, yeah. that bothered me. It definitely did. Because it, it feels like they're trying to have their cake and eat it too. They want her to do bad things, but they don't want her to be bad. Right, right, right. In the last stand, they let her do whatever. And it was only pockets where the real gene came out and was like, this is not what I want. Right. Um, and you, and if you get that, again, it just serves the story. Exactly. Exactly. And she was the clear villain of that movie. And mm-hmm. I don't think that that movie's better, but it does a better job of portraying the character. Yeah. Um. So I guess we could just just skip ahead because there's not a lot of stuff that happens between now and the end. We get the big train sequence where you know the X Men have all been captured. All the all the mutants that were present in this in this battle get captured. Uh, Jean has given away I would imagine like half of her Phoenix powers to Jessica Chastain's character, which um, was like another thing that doesn't get answered. Which was like, how does she do that? Why can she do that? Just questions. Just silliness. Like, I I understand that they needed an antagonist who could face off with Jean because she was too powerful otherwise. But they just made her able to do that because they wanted that. They didn't, like, think about it for two seconds to explain it to us, let alone to know why it works like that. Um, but, but, yeah, so we get on this train and, you know... <laughs> there's just <laughs> the funniest thing to me was when the train is passing through the uh the tunnel or whatever you can see all the all the aliens oh, just yeah 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 chilling <laughs> that was crazy um like it pops in nothing and pops out everywhere yeah like like roaches this part as like i liked it but i felt like the movie was uh losing me because I wanted yes. a, I wanted an ending that was gonna be big on emotion mm-hmm. and this wasn't that. Yep, I agree. I got this is that this is that is when I started like squirming squirming in my seat. I was just like, All right, like what's going on? I, I couldn't get comfy. I was just kinda like watching the screen. Yeah. Um I agree. It it, it didn't have that emotional resonance <laughs> towards the end. Like it had the fight. We we and it was also like a thing of we just had a fight, now we're gonna have another fight to address like a different scenario almost instantly right and there's no there was no time to breathe there was no time to like okay they're captured they're sort of talking about being captured but then it just goes right into it there's no time for it to breathe yeah and I, and actually that was another thing that uh simon kinberg had talked about in relation to the similarities between the original version of this movie and civil war he talked about how he loved the fact that Civil War had the big fight in sort of like the at the end of Act 2. Mm-hmm. So that Act 3 could be all about the interpersonal relationship and drama between Tony, Cap, and um, Bucky. Right, and right, how right. Baron Zemo played into all that. So it became a quieter movie at that point. Mm-hmm. And more about the emotion. And he said that that was something that he really loved. And I interpreted that to mean that that's what they did do with this movie originally. But they switched it up. Right. Which, man, again, serves better, I think. Because you just get another fight sequence. And then the good guy beats the bad guy. And then that's it. Right. 
And even if you look at the source material, um, Jean is not nearly as powerful in the last fight as she is throughout the rest of the book. And it's when she uses, when the Phoenix Force comes out of her again in defense of her and Scott that she realizes she can never, ever, ever stop this. So she has to die. Uh, This movie really takes all her choices away from her. In the book, that was the only choice that she really got to make um, for herself with nobody else influencing her. Mm -hmm. And that was the power of that moment. In the movie, there is no analog for that. Yeah. So the ending is flat as a result. I, I have to defeat this villain, and the only way to do so is both of us have to die. And that doesn't even happen because she doesn't die at the end of the movie. <laughs> she just like goes off and is alive. Is the phoenix? Is the yeah? She's the phoenix. And again, cool, cool <laughs> shot. Right when the wings come out, dude. Yeah. If yeah. I was at my house, I would have been screaming. But I had to keep it chilled out because no one else in the in the theater was reacting to this yeah but yeah. i was losing it internally however don't show me that at the end of the movie show right. me that throughout embrace what it is that's the same thing as only showing me a sentinel head in x3 or at the only at the end of Fantastic Four Two do we see the silhouette of Galactus's full body. Show me what I want to see early. Don't give it to me as fan service later. I hate mm-hmm. that. That could have been like the when she's at the dance when she's they're outside in the woods. That could have been like the first like spark of it, right? That would have been cool. And then when she's at the house, another emotional beat, right? It it makes sense. Yeah, well, the the cosmic force that attacks her, that's really the Phoenix Force, looks like nothing. Yeah, it, looks like, it would look like tentacles. Yeah, it just looked like tentacles infecting her body. Yep. And I guess for some people that's hot. For me, that's <laughs> ridiculous. Tentacle the, gang. <laughs> in the comics, it's a full, it just looks like a phoenix. I get, like, okay, that's wacky, but it's comics. That's what happens. Yes. It is what it is. So, lean into it. Yeah, be what you are. You know, prideful. I I hate that. It really bothers me. Um, and unfortunately, I'm confident that this is the last time we're gonna see this story told on screen for a really long time. Like, I wouldn't which, be surprised if it takes ten years. Which honestly, fine, because if it takes ten years to develop over. Or maybe not 10 years, but if it at least takes its time to develop, that's going to carry the emotional weight that we are expecting and want. You're totally right. I guess I just wish that this movie had gotten it right so that I don't have to wait 10 years to see them try again. Sure. Yep. Um, but yeah, so and then after that, it just kind of ends. Um, we see that the school has been renamed to the Jean Grey School, which is a direct uh, pull from the comics. That's something that happens much later, uh, but it's what they do. And then we get a scene where Professor X, who is now retired, is just chilling in Paris, I believe. And uh, Magneto rolls up with a chess uh, set. And 
for those of you who've been watching these movies for a really long time, that was a huge moment for you because the end of X1 sees them playing chess together. And that's they have a classic, classic dialogue sequence there where Magneto essentially tells them, I'm never going to stop. You, these walls cannot hold me. And Professor X tells him, I know that, and I'm always going to be here to to stop you. And uh, so they ended the Fox franchise on the two characters who essentially started it in a great way. And I really appreciated that. Um, That's interesting additional context. I, I, I didn't know. I was just like, oh, okay, yeah. Like, I know that, that they've played chess in the past, and it's like a thing, but... That's that's a cool way to end end it and like nod to the, I guess the ten years of this of X Men twenty, twenty holy shit yeah because X Men well I guess not exactly twenty X one came out in two thousand but that's how that movie ends. Mm. So um, I like Beast becoming Headmaster. I'm about that. I am also about that. I am also about it. I like that. Um, he's left in a in a in a weird position for sure but again with so few core x-men actually mm-hmm. in the fold it's like all right whatever yo i lost my shit when he's sitting down he's writing and then the camera pans to uh to mystique in her like x-men outfit that was beyond cheesy for me oh I, yeah dude i could not contain myself yeah that was unbelievably cheesy <laughs> Yeah, and he just like smiles at it. I mean, and it's her and her. I was like, oh no, I can't. Because my thing is, when did anyone ever take that pick? <laughs> oh my god, you're so right. <laughs> at what point was that the picture to take? Like, I just don't buy it on any level. I hate things like that, but you know, whatever. They, they <laughs> I guess they they felt they had to. Uh, there was one cool character I noticed who appeared but goes unnamed. Uh, Quentin Quire. You can see him as a kid running around at the end of the movie. There's a kid with like pink hair, shaved exactly like Quentin does. Uh, pink hair. Yeah. In the in the school. In the school, yeah. I didn't notice. Yeah. Um, people who know Quentin Quire, people who who caught it. Um, he's definitely there. I, I really like that. That was pretty cool. Um, but other than that, I really, that's kind of it as far as this movie goes. <laughs> yeah. And you, I think a lot of people are going to dislike it. I don't think it's a 22. I think that's really, really harsh. I, I agree. I enjoyed it a lot. I really, really, really did. You know what? I'll give it a 40. Ah, <laughs> yes. All right. We've got give it a 40. We've got a couple minutes left. Can I get you to a 50? Nah. Sorry. Damn. Definitely not half. Damn. It's not half of a good movie. Nope. You bugging, man. How is it not half of a good movie? It's only 40% nope. of a good movie? Only 40% of a good movie. Can't do it. I feel like you liked more than you didn't like. Yeah, but doesn't it doesn't excuse it. What? That proves it forever. Your reviews, your your what? score no. means nothing. Disqualified. What? Just because I enjoyed it doesn't mean I can't critique its like execution. Down to forty percent. My God. Yeah, it was. It wasn't executed well. No, 
You gave you. I feel like you gave Batman Superman a better rating, or not Batman Superman Justice League. Justice League. Shit, I don't remember. See, aha, uh-huh, you're not consistent. I'm gonna go back definitely, and listen. Definitely can't be. Definitely cannot be more than fifty. <laughs> if it's more, you have to call me out of my shit. I'm going to believe you, me. So, I guess that closes the book on the dark phoenix film and i guess that that wraps that like <laughs> yes yes uh the train is uh at its final stop <laughs> for fox's x-men movies it's been decommissioned <laughs> it is no longer on the tracks <laughs> you got one more for me that was it <laughs> all right I probably should have stopped there too. Um, so yeah, that's all. That's all. I I'm bummed, but I had a good time. I want to see it again. I want to see if my feelings stay the way they are after I've had a second shot with the film. Because now, right now, I'm like Gene. I'm all passion. Um, <laughs> but, but once I get the Phoenix Force out of me, will I still feel that way? We'll see. It's going to do it for our review here. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. If you did and you like this kind of stuff and you've not heard our main show, you're going to want to check it out. It's called The Comics Pals. We put out a new episode every single week and we talk about the films. We talk about the television shows and we talk about the source material, the comics each and every week. Uh, And we give in-depth analysis on all this kind of stuff. So if this is your bag, you want to roll with us. Give us a listen. Give us a like on your platform of choice. And, uh, yeah. That's Join all. Join your pals in reading comics. There you go. So, with that, we're the Comics Pals signing off. Take care, guys. Bye. Phoenix Booty.